It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Philly's Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne. I'm joined by partner in crime, John Brazier. How you doing, John? I'm doing great, Tom. I went to uh, Dave Matthews on Saturday You've night. You've been on a roll, by the way. And Soccer, I, concerts. I went, I went to the soccer game, saw Aston Villa play Newcastle at the link on mm. Sunday. So, uh, And I had a radio show yesterday in North Wildwood, so I combined all that in. A good... Good weekend. You're on a roll. I'm on and a the roll. Fanatic was in Cleveland yesterday. I was with the Fanatic. It was Slider's birthday in Cleveland. So uh, the Fanatic was there with a couple of his buddies. And Who's uh, his best friend out there of all the mascots? Who's, uh, who's Slider is the man. Slider's the man? Yeah, Slider's the man. Uh, I don't know if you saw the broadcast, but uh, uh, the Baltimore Bird tried to uh, infiltrate the, our home broadcast booth while the Fanatic was in there visiting T-Mac and Ruben. And... Uh, it almost came to fisticuffs, yeah. <laughs> Actually, T-Mac, you know, T-Mac's like, this is a birthday party, Fanatic. What's with the violence? <laughs> Which then, hold on, we'll bring in our guests in two seconds. But then what you just reminded me of was when we got swept by the Orioles oh, here at the, no. was it the vet, right? No, no, it was, was in Camden it here? Yards. No, it was in Camden Yards. Oh, it was in Camden Yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and, 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 all right, well, Taryn Hatcher is going to be our guest coming yes. up, so I'm going to have her. She's listening here. Should I tell Taryn the story? Well, go ahead. Tell the story. I think we've told this story before. I did, but you got to tell it anyway. So, Tarrant, so the Phillies are playing. It's interleague play, kind of mm-hmm. in the early years of interleague play. And uh, we're in the about to get swept on a Sunday afternoon. So, the Baltimore bird is on top of the Phillies dugout in the ninth inning with a broom. And, you know, that's, that's a faux pas. I'm sorry. In the mascot world, that's just a little over the top. So, uh, anyway, John Vukovic was still yeah. with us at that And you never point. knew John, but John was uh, – <laughs> He had a, he could have a temper. Oh. I, I've seen the, I've been on the, rece- the receiving and, end of the temper. And you could see, like, even that, that, I remember watching it on TV and, like, I remember thinking, geez, you know, and, and Vuk would, would poke, was looking up at the bird, and sure enough, Baltimore wins. And uh, the guy who, but the broom was going down, like, literally yeah, in, in was, Vuk's face. Like he was being obnoxious. He was being obnoxious. So, uh, game ends, and, uh, the bird's best friend uh, was actually hanging out in his dressing room, uh, in the bird's dressing room after the game, and no knock. The door flies open, and it's John Vukovic. The, the, the veins like, are bulging in the neck. The you do not want to be on that side. I've, I've been on that side. The oh door flies open, and he goes, where's the bird? <laughs> and this guy's got his feet up on, like at his like desk in this dressing room, and he's immediately stricken with fear, and he looks at John and goes, oh, you just missed him. He left five minutes ago. And, uh, you know, and he, he bought it. Uh, he, he bought it. He goes, sinker. And he Although maybe he was just letting him off. <laughs> he basically said, if I see that, tell that bird, if I see him on our dugout with a broom next time, I'm going to shove that broom yeah. so far. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. The, the bird gets like a 
little taste of winning. I right. mean, the Orioles are like, what, second best record in baseball right yeah, now? Nice. So he goes out to Cleveland and thinks he can just walk into our Thank booth. Thank you, Taryn. The hubris. Exactly. The fanatic was offended, personally offended. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, and I've seen Gritty do so much worse that I feel like I don't know where the line exists anymore, uh, if there is one, but... <laughs> well, there is a know. line. Let's talk about that because you have covered all, pretty much all the sports, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But Eagles, you've done Eagles too, right? In, yeah. In the not studio. Not sideline, not studio. Side line, but I've done studio and then I've done like post game for SNC and NBC 10, like which airs the next morning. Now, when you started out in the business, I know you basically did a bunch of things. You worked in radio. I did whatever I was told to do. Right. So you worked, in, you worked in radio. And then you went yes. out to Hawaii and you worked in... So that- I interned in radio first and to get into internships at Comcast Sportsnet, now NBC Sports Philly. And then I interned up in CBS and then was at Rutgers. I did WRCU because it was our only live game option until Rutgers joined the Big radio, Ten. Radio, not TV. Radio, okay. yes. Until Rutgers joined the Big Ten. And then basically they were like, you're new here. Uh, like to the school. It's like, you guys are new here and all these other schools, we, they, I mean, they have a great, it was called student U. I don't know if big 10 still does it, but big 10 network had these great opportunities where they needed some student covered games and some games that they would bring in a crew for. And they, they used me for the student games. And then eventually they were just like, we'll put you on a crew. We can't pay you a lot, but we'll pay you. And I was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And I like didn't have an agent. I was a senior in college but and, are you, and are you pretty versed in sports at this point? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you were a huge sports fan. You knew enough to be. Yeah, but I was always like, it, the, my sports viewership growing up was probably a little bit different than like the traditional Philly sports fan. Like I was, I will always say this: my first team, my first love was the Philadelphia Charge, and I wanted to be Heather Mitts. Oh, And I went to Philadelphia kick soccer camps with my brother. Like that was kind right. of the first into it, and then I loved watching like. We were really competitive swimmers. Well, we were competitive swimmers. I won't say really. Growing up, we were little. So I loved watching swimming. And my dad was a D1 basketball player. So we loved watching college basketball. But then when you grow up in Philly, like you just like the culture of the city is sports. Here, Boston, Chicago, it's like the city culture is so driven by sports that it's just by osmosis a part Mm -hmm. of your culture, I feel like. So I, I would say my like intro to sports was a little bit. Some of the non-traditional sports. Yeah, but it was also, I mean, credit to my dad. It was like, this is where women have sports opportunities. And he wasn't, I think, intentionally trying to push me to you know go. We want you to only watch WNBA and women's soccer and whatever. It was just, that's what I liked. He liked watching it too. Like we would go to U.S. Women's National Games, the link, you know, stuff like that. Carly Lloyd's from my hometown. So there were certain connections where it was like, that was my... Hmm. My uh, probably first priorities in sports. And did you play, Taryn, as a kid? Did you play? I played a uh, ton of soccer. I played soccer. like everything, but I played a ton of soccer. That was what I'd say is my primary sport. My dad really wanted me to play basketball, and that was just. You didn't play? I did. I played AAU until like eighth grade. I did the whole right. thing, and it was just like I was like five ten as a. 13 year old and so everybody wanted to make me a center and my dad was like you got to play point guard if you want to play in college right. and there was not a place in the world that was going to play me at point guard plus i i refused to take an outside shot in a game i refused i absolutely like refused. ben simmons oh <laughs> i mean i think i have a little bit more moral fiber but um, <laughs> and a better jump shot i'm sure um but yeah but uh but yeah, my, um, my dad really like he, and I loved watching college basketball, especially with my dad. So that was really like, that's how I figured out I wanted to be a sports reporter was like, we were watching a Duke UNC game at uh, Duke. And it was like, hopefully Dick, rooting I, against Duke. 
I don't, I think. I went to UVA, so I do consider basically the devil. You want to know what it was? They are literally the devil, the blue Um, devil. Well, Okay, I didn't. I was rooting for Duke. I was big JJ Reddick fan back yeah. in middle school. Um, we share the same birthday, by the way. Me and JJ. You and JJ Reddick. Yeah. Wow, a little older, but I mean, who would know if you didn't tell him? <laughs> who would know? So yeah, that was my. Uh, so wait, where did your dad play basketball? Ryder. Okay. Yeah, huh. he played at Ryder, and uh, and shockingly, as he was a, a guy with a good three point shot, so that was kind of like you know the the stereotypical like. And then I lo- loved watching like the JJ Reddicks of the world, and that's what I wanted to do. Was like I was like I I'm not going to be as athletic as certain people, but maybe I'll have like you know. I'll be like my dad and be like a three point shooter, like a poor, like, and like the Kyle Corver of the world. Yep. I remember watching right. and being like, this is how I imagine my dad played, even though I had no right. real bearing on how he played. Cause I never watched it. I just, just play one-on-one with him in the park and he would just absolutely destroy me. But I was like, I'm going to be, you know, like a point guard with the three point shot. And I was not at all. And I refused to take them. And I was a soccer player. So that's who I was. That's what I was. And a Phillies fan, I would think, because I'm just doing some math, Taryn. And it's very, uh, you were about 15. By the way, math's math's not very good. Not very good. So I can't wait to hear this. Me either. I I got out the calculator. You were about 15 when the Phillies won in 2008. 2008, yeah. Now, was that a big day in your life? Like, did you go to the parade? Was that a big, were you following the Phillies at that point? I was not allowed to go to the parade and I, because of soccer and I, it was like a big thing in, in our school. It it was like a big. So you're in 10th grade, right? 15 years old, something like that. Yes. What is sophomore year of high school? 10th grade. Sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember watching like every single game and, uh, when the parade was happening, there was all these conversations with the parents of, are you going to take your kid out right, of school right. to go to the parade or do whatever? And then were the, were the, was the, um, interscholastic league or whatever the league was for the high school teams, were they going to postpone the games that day? So kids right. could go and then they weren't going to. And then if you were on the team, but you didn't come to practice that day, were you going to be eligible to play in the next game right. and uh, all this stuff. And so I could not go. Ugh. And I just remember being like, because we knew kids who didn't tell their parents and right. rode their <laughs> bikes across the Betsy Ross Bridge <laughs> nice. and then down to watch the parade. I knew kids from my high school who did that. And I just remember sitting there in school, right. like seething, seething right. <laughs> as not just like when the parade was happening, like leading up to it where I was like, I'm very serious about soccer, but this is wrong. Well, like, <laughs> I shouldn't admit this because this is going to... Man, that's going to date right. us. But we were both 15, 15 years old I was gonna say the for the 1980 thing. parade. Exactly, 1980. And, we were both 15. And we both snuck out of school, right? Yeah, yeah I was there. You were out of Actually, school. Actually, I went to the prep, so they, uh, they, uh, they were, knew everybody right was there. I, it, I came so down here. School down. Um, but, yeah, one person was 15 for the 2008, <laughs> one person, two people. Yeah. Hey, Can whatever. I ask you about the phenomenon of the, the 19? So this is the 2008 team, and I'm, I'm seeing Did you have a now. favorite player on that team, by the way? I think like every, everybody, I don't know. Now I know Shane better from working Mm -hmm. out in Hawaii. And so I would like to retroactively say Shane, but I think it was everybody was like most people, like the default was Chase probably. So I would say maybe Chase. I, I, for me, it didn't, it wasn't about like a favorite player. It was just so fun to be a part of it because just like the Super Bowl run, it's one of those things where you're like, 
where is it going to go wrong? It always goes wrong. And it's always in the most heartbreaking moment. Where is it going to go wrong? And for some reason that year, I just didn't have that yeah. feeling. And it was more for me. It was just, this isn't going to go wrong, is it? Like, uh, this is great. I mean, yeah. and I was 15 and an idiot back then. So I, who knows what I really knew. <laughs> I think the Brad Lidge going like, that it totally helped when he came into a game. So it, it gave us more confidence, yeah. I yep. think, just to think we're not going to lose a game. I do want to ask. So I've noticed now. There are kids, there are lots of kids who are, how many years ago? 2008 was 15 years ago, right? There are lots of kids that I know who are in that 12 to 15 age range named yes. Chase, yep. Cole, oh, I get Colton, it, uh, like Shane. Was that, that didn't oh, happen yeah. in 1980 my, or did it? My oldest son's name is Bull. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> I was to say, what a choice by you. Bull, the bull. What a choice. Tugger Burgoyne. Yeah. His <laughs> second kid's name, Sixto. <laughs> I just, it does. It makes me, it, it, like, my cousin's son's name is Colton. Yeah. And he's like, there's like Colton B, Colton M. Col like in my school, it was Katie, Megan, and Sarah. There right. were a hundred of them. Now it's the Coltons and the yeah. Chases. There's so it's many of them. It's such a slippery slope. I mean, I think there were a lot of Carsons uh, oh, yeah. born. And, yeah. you know, things can go wrong. You can't it's rename like, your kid. Well, right? Like, how many Ben Simmons <laughs> people named after Ben Bens Simmons? are there? And they're like, all right, we're not calling you Ben anymore. You're now, your new name is Joel. <laughs> Joel. <laughs> like, what? Have to ask you about your Hawaii experience. It sounds like that was really kind of your your breaking yeah it sounds because yeah. you were a, uh, an anchor person in yeah. hawaii right yeah and uh how was it was that in uh, on the big or in oahu on oahu, oahu? Yeah. okay so big island is geographically the biggest island yeah, but yeah. it doesn't have a big population because there are two active volcanoes on big island so people yeah. get a little confused just to so oahu where honolulu is is the most populated island by far so that's where i was um and all the news stations are based out of oahu um, and then we'll have like stringers or reporters who are on other islands that correspond with us. But yeah, it was crazy. It was just, I was in, um, I was in college and I was doing sideline for big 10 network stuff. And, uh, I, I graduated college a semester early cause I thought it would be a competitive advantage to not graduate in May and send out my reels when everybody else was sending out their reels. Mm. I was like, I'll force myself to graduate in December. Mm. Um, and my dad was kind of like, I was, I remember I was doing my, senior thesis paper for my political science degree and I was like needing a break because it was like this 30 page paper so I called my dad about helping me move stuff home and he was just like so what are you gonna do like you're just gonna come home and I was like well no I'm gonna do sideline until I find a job and I had been offered a, a I'd had a conversation with a professor who wanted to give me a graduate assistant opportunity if I wanted to continue my poli sci degree so that was a backup and and he was like, yeah, but like you need a job with health insurance. Me and mom really like we support you and they really have along the way. But um, you need to be like a big girl and get some health insurance and do coverage for your contact lenses and stuff. And I was kind of like, OK, dad, you know, what? we get off the phone just out of spite. I'm going to go and apply for every job I see. And then you won't have to worry about it since you know, being a part-time sideline reporter and part-time Chickies and Pete's waitress isn't good enough for the future. <laughs> and, uh, and I applied to a job in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Honolulu, Hawaii, and someplace in Missouri that I cannot even remember the name of. And, uh, and like you that ended night, up in the right choice. And, right. Night, and Tell me about Green it. Bay didn't get back to me for like two months. And by that point I was already living in Hawaii. Yeah. And the Missouri place was like, yeah, actually we filled that role. Thank you so much. And then in Honolulu, I got a, a Facebook message on messenger from the news director there, Scott Humber, 
amazing guy. He's not there anymore, but he's awesome. And he's like, we watched your tape. We really like you. How serious are you about moving to Hawaii? And I'm like 21. And I'm like, I, I always told myself whatever I had to do, wherever I have to go, even if it's not the position, the job I want or the market I want, I'm just going to go and I'm going to work my hardest. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty serious. Uh, just let me know what you need to see from me. I'll send you more reels, more updated stuff, like whatever I got. And some of them were like fake stand-ups that I just mm. did when I had access to a camera. I just like changed my shirt, go to a different spot, <laughs> record a different stand-up, pretend like it was for a package or something and went out there, auditioned. They offered me a job and then they were like, when can you move out here? And I had scheduled two sideline jobs for Big Ten Network. And I said, I can move whenever they're done. And I wasn't even done with finals by the time I had had some of those conversations. So I was sort of like, really hope I do well on these finals. So this degree goes through all smooth and everything's good to go. But yeah, how um, long are you out there till? Three years, right? I was out there three and a half years. So I moved out there like January of 2015 and I came mm. back July of 2018. So just in time to miss the Super Bowl. It was really something. But yeah. uh, and you got a chance fun. to, I know uh, Shane lives in Vegas, but he spends yeah, a lot of time in Hawaii. There, yeah. And did you meet him in those three? He was years, my first or? interview. Oh, he was. Yeah, I, I had, that. they were well, like, he has a celebrity golf tournament over there every year. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. Um, but he, uh, my first weekend, that really set the bar way too high for what I was able to do because he came in and our anchor was just like, hey, uh, we have an opportunity to interview Shane. I can't do it. Do you want to do it? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Cause I like have some actual like, you know, okay. questions I want to ask, not just from like research and writing them down, whatever. And, um, and then I had this great interview with Shane and our, our, my bosses were just like, this is great. Like you got Shane to come in and you got all these great questions for him and it was a great interview. And I'm sitting there like green as can be. And I'm just like, yeah, this is luck of the draw. <laughs> right. And then, you know, for like the next six interviews after that, it was pretty, I think it was, became more clear that some of my interview skills were not quite as refined as they came off in the shame interview. And because like, what kind of sports were you covering over that? I know University of Hawaii football team, right? Yeah. University of Hawaii football, men's, women's basketball, men's, women's volleyball. The Pro Bowl was still there when yeah, I was yeah. there. Um, PGA tour, yeah. LPGA tour. The, covering yeah. the LPGA tour out there was really, really fun. Actually, the Lotte is like on the most beautiful course on the west side of Oahu surfing which I'm like once I saw in the Olympics I was just like calling my agent and I was like get me on surfing coverage please whatever you have to do um how's that now how's that you're on so a beach with a microphone and so you got the ca you, uh, did you know what you're looking for and yeah once you once you watch and you get a feel for it, like it's yeah. it's not um it's not like the hardest I feel like sport to really break down other than there's uh there's like now people do aerial aspects of surfing and there's the argument about aerials versus you know like classic surfing where like it's glassy waves you get tubed you come out of the tube yeah, tube yeah, doesn't yeah. crash on you that kind of thing <laughs> how big the wave is yeah, yeah. but um yeah it was great I mean I I would basically convince once I was like 24 and somehow ended up in charge of the sports department a little bit, I would convince them like, Hey, just send me up there. I don't need anybody to help me out. I'll take a live view, which is like the backpack that helps you transmit your video back and a laptop and a camera. I'll do it all myself and yeah. I'll just record the contest all day, shoot a stand up or a live mm -hmm. if you want me to. And, um, and I'll cover, you know, the triple crown of surfing from the North shore. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. She learned from watching Fast Times Ridge Run High <laughs> when Spicoli was out there. Yeah. All I need is a tasty wave and a cool bud. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to go over and yeah. uh, party with the stones. Right. Yeah, no, it was, it, I mean, and it was just, it was every bit as cool and as fun. I mean, I'd be sitting yeah. here and I'd yeah, be so like, Yeah, so why did you leave? The, like, I'd, I'd still be gig. there. This is the biggest boondoggle anyone's ever pulled <laughs> off. Right. I was just sitting up here on, on the North Shore of Oahu doing this, but. And by I the way, just, there's so many, like Kauai, I'm sure you went over to Kauai and Maui. No, Maui and, no. No, never. I never was went to Kauai? Too broke. Too, oh, had no uh, money and well, had no time too, off. that's the You're young, living over in Hawaii. Every, the, the so living expensive. expenses. Oh, I yeah. had no money and I had no time off. Because people all the time will ask me for like recommendations. Like my parents are yeah. going to Maui and I'm like, tell me how it is. Right. Never yeah. been. Never, went to never Maui. saw. Oh, never wow. saw. Maui's great. I, I just, I mean, that's the reality of when you start in the business. You make no money. You do it because you love it. Yep. And you really do, like, especially if you're a low man on the totem pole. Like, when I came in, I just turned 22, fresh out of college. It's like any day you can take that you can be on air, even if it's day number 11 of working 11 days straight, you just go on air and you suck it up. And you're like, thanks for, I mean, way worse things happen to way better people. So I'm not complaining about it. But people are always like, what do you mean you never went to, like, Kona? Right. And I'm like, my guy, I ate Bush's baked beans for, like, a year. That's what I But you're eating baked beans in Waikiki. So, So you know, What was the the impetus of leaving Hawaii? What, what, did did you get a job offer from Philly? Yes. You got a Philly job offer. Yes. So you were actually, at that point, sending out tapes and... Uh, yes and no. So I always stayed in contact. I'd intern at, at Comcast Sportsnet. I'd always stayed in contact with some of the bosses over there and some of the talent over there. And I'd actually talked to, it was Michelle Murray, who was one of the, the like office or, uh, manager people who brought me back, I should say, for lack of a better phrase. Um, and I had talked to her before my last contract negotiation with Hawaii News Now, because I didn't have an agent at that point. And I said, just tell me what to do. I'm negotiating for myself. They're, they're paying me good money now. Like once they really saw how much I was working and some other people in the department had left or had been let go, you know, they'd, they'd given me a couple of promotions kind of back to back to back and then, you know, decent money to go with it. And I could live a little bit. Um, but I was like, tell me what to ask for. Cause now it's about setting up the rest of mm-hmm. my career. And she said, as a manager, as I'm going to regret saying this, but you ask for everything and you make them say no, because if you ask them for three things, they'll say no to three. If you ask for 10, they'll say no to nine, but saying no to nine things makes them feel bad about the one. Right. So I asked for like probably seven or eight things, like a couple of markets, um, you know, things about holidays or money or clothing allowance. Cause that's like the big thing. You don't have money, but you still have to wear different clothes every day on right. air. Um, and it was basically everything was a no except for national or Philadelphia. And then Philly came calling and they were sort of like, we love this opportunity for you, but you're under contract. And I was like, but you gave me an out for Philadelphia. And my boss was like, no, uh, we gave you an out for Philadelphia. Yeah. I forgot. And he was really, my boss out there were, right. no one talks about their, their managers, the way the people who worked at Hawaii News Now talked about Rick Blangiardi and Scott Humber. They're amazing. But um, he was just sort of like, I, I don't think we can let you go until your contract's up, which 
is off season because I signed my first contract in January. Most people move jobs in the summer. So you might have to wait till January if they still want you to go. And at this point it's like May or June and they want somebody before football season. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but I have an out. And then he was like, Oh, that's right. And, uh, and then I was able to come back and, yeah. And how important uh, was that internship at uh, Comcast when you were in school? Uh, what kind of things were you doing? And I guess you made the contacts. That, I would that say really that was the most you, important but, part but, because what actually. They, what did they have you doing though? Um, so you would do, well, I was annoying. So I got to do more stuff because I really irritated people to do more stuff. Um, really what we were supposed to do is if you were on night shifts, you were just doing feeds. So you would, they would have different interns on different computers and each one would be watching a different game and you'd be marking plays and highlights and stuff because it was harder to edit back then. It's 2013, but like, sound like dinosaurs when we talk about it. Um, it was different editing back then. And so they need Still to be- Still digital, but it's- Yeah, but it was harder to like call up right. stuff. So you'd mark stuff and say, you know, LaShawn McCoy first down here after breaking off a 15 yard run and you'd tab it. And then if someone needed LaShawn McCoy highlights really quick, they could search tabs and, you know, so that's what the interns would do. And then I would be like, Hey, I have, I do, uh, my classes online on Tuesday. Can I come in during the day? Cause that's when I figured out that I could go shadow some practices or see, um, the talent that was working because we would have like Philly sports talk and all that stuff back then that would record a little bit earlier in the day. And I saw the prep work was done from that from like 2 PM until six or whatever. And, um, and I just planted myself at a empty desk right between Derek Gunn and Ricky Patalico and Michael Barkham was right like across from me and Amy Fadul was right behind me. So I would just sit there and yeah, I'd be like, what do you need? How right. can I help That's you? Good. What can smart, I do? Smart for you. And then, you know, I just kind of, Whenever I could, I'd be like, hey, I don't want to Ricky was you. the most annoying, right? <laughs> Ricky was by far the most willing to like, I didn't want to annoy anybody. I, I, and I then say I realized, that lovingly because like, I love Ricky. Yeah, I love Ricky too. But Ricky, like I was always like, I don't want to annoy anybody. So I'll just like wait until they turn around and start conversation. Then I'll sit quietly and I'll wait like 30 seconds and I'll be like, yeah, that's really interesting. And then insert yeah. myself. Ricky would just be like, so Taryn, <laughs> what are you studying? Show me your homework. Like Ricky would just talk to you. Yeah. So it was, you don't want Ricky but, doing your homework for let you. Let me just tell you, Ricky Patalica story. I think I've told this on the air, but uh, back at the vet, right? I used to play ice hockey at the Wells Fargo center, or I guess the spectrum back then. And I'd keep my hockey bag in the cubicle. I can't believe I did that because hockey bags don't smell very good. No, they don't. <laughs> so I always had two sticks and I had a Milek like ball, right? And in the middle of like, Ricky would come over in full uniform when he's pitching about six o'clock for a seven o'clock game. He'd come across the hallway into our office and he'd say, Brazier, come on, let's play hockey. So again, people were working in the cubicles all over and Ricky would get on and I'd play goalie and he'd shoot down the hallway and Chrissy Long and all these people are on the phone doing the whatever and we're playing hockey there, right? So he's in full uniform. I said, all right, Ricky, my turn. Let me, uh, you play goalie. So I take a shot and I do a, a kind of a snapshot and it, it rises faster than I thought, right? And it, 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 Ricky gets alligator arms and he can't get out of the way. <laughs> the ball hits him square right in the mouth and he starts bleeding all over his uniform, oh, which he's got to wear in an hour in the dugout. <laughs> and Frank Kopenbarger was our equipment yeah. manager and Frank was pretty tough. And all Ricky could say with, with basically like a bloody <laughs> lip saying, Frank's going to kill me. Frank's going to kill me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Sounds like a Ricky yes, story. Yes. Sounds like Ricky. Sounds like a Ricky story. Is he playing hockey in the offices at uh, Comcast? <laughs> Ricky does everything. In the, like, Ricky, the, so... Ricky will show up for, let's say it's like a 7.05 first pitch. Ricky's in the office by like 1 p.m. Because he's bored. no one knows why or really what he wants to do from like 1 until 6.30, but he's there. And this is before he started doing the best show ever. Like now he does the best show ever, so it like fills his time. But Ricky, during the best show ever, during commercial breaks, he'll have a ball and he'll just like walk out of the, it's like a glass little editor's room. He'll walk out and sometimes he'll just like throw a ball against the wall during commercial break and then he'll go back in. Sounds and right. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what, then, what do these? What do these interns think? Right. Like, what do these interns think? And you know, well, then also you have Barkan, who's also in a great way, very goofy and funny, and you know, and Batalico's ne- well, uh, Tarrant co-hosted with Al Morgani, like the head prankster oh of all God. time. I was gonna say, you got to keep your. I get I get so many questions about like what is Al like because right. people have different interactions with him in public, and he's. Like always, a di- they, their impressions are always different. It's like mm. he, I said hi, and I couldn't tell if he was just like really busy or on another <laughs> planet. Like, and I was like, Al is just he's he's your kooky, funny, aloof uncle who's like really not that aloof, but he yeah. kind of is at yes. the same time. He's just and a prankster too. Did he ever oh get you, Tarrant? No, but he got. Oh, I gotta ask. I have to ask Natalie Eganoff. I'm like best friends with Natalie Eganoff, and when Natalie was younger, she worked at WIP and worked with Al. And I, I wish I could remember the story, but I, there was some story about, I think it was like Tasty Cakes had gone missing from the office or something. And then people were like, where did this go? Where did this go? And Nat's like trying to help people look. And then she gets home and she opens her bag and smashed into the bottom of her bag. It's like a hundred, a yeah. hundred like oh, chocolate right. juniors oh, yeah. or something. Um, I have to ask her the story. Cause, and then, and then she was like looking around and like, how did this happen? And I think the next day Al Morganti was like, How'd your backpack smell? Or like something, <laughs> something weird like that. It was. So, I have to ask Natalie a story. I'm sure I'm butchering well, it. Terrence, so I mean, happy. that was uh, when when you got hired full time by NBC Sports Philadelphia. That was really your first gig, right? Doing the hockey with Al. It's or one of them. Yeah. So I got hired to do like kind of everything. This is they were, there was really a concerted effort to try to bridge the gap between what everybody was doing socially and what everybody's doing on linear TV. So I was brought in, like I would do NBC 10 on weekends and I would okay. fill in on Philly sports talk when we had it. And I would fill in if they needed a pre or post game host. And then the rest of the time, like I would go to Eagles training camp and get these digital videos that could then go into the news. Like they were supposed to be all these multi-platform things. So I had this job that I was so excited about. It's what I really loved about sideline was I got to still do that. Um, where you're kind of doing like the fun man on the street stuff that hits on YouTube, but you try to also fit it into a TV show. And then I actually did get to do like a traditional TV show other days of the week. And then they came to me right at the start of the 2018, 2019 hockey season. And they were just like, we've auditioned all these sideline reporters. It's it's not really fitting. And we know, you know about a lot about hockey and we know you want to do sideline reporting. So can you, can you do this basically? Like, can you just hop on it and do it? And I was sort of like, I'll give it a go. Um, of course, this is a really cool opportunity and I love sideline. 
and uh, did that until COVID hit. And you were pretty confident in your hockey knowledge at that point. I was. It's funny, when you first started, yeah. I thought you, I literally thought you came from Minnesota because I thought you were like at a hockey, I thought you were hired for your hockey expertise. Did you watch my first season or the second season? Because the first season, I was really like, I was standing there and I'm like, uh, um, like I sit there all the time and when people, there's some guy, wait, this is such a story. So there's this guy who would tweet at me and he'd be like, you know, I really didn't like Taryn her first season. I kind of thought she was stupid, but I've really, she's grown on me. I actually there think she's go. pretty good now. And I'm <laughs> sitting there over. and I'm like, not that upset about it. Cause I kind of agree. Like I like wouldn't watch my sideline hits my, just because I was nervous because hockey your sideline hits are like 10 seconds. Like right. I, there are times where Jeff Halkman will get in my ear and he'll be like, you can keep going during baseball because we'll have time or the pitchers mm-hmm. slow out to the mound. Even with the pitch clock now hockey, it's like, I remember one time we came back from break. I was 10 seconds into my story. I wasn't even off camera yet. And they dropped the puck on a power play and Claude Drew drops it back off the circle to, I forget who, who just blasted one timer. And it was a goal 11 seconds mm. into coming back from break. Right. So I was so terrified doing hockey plus hockey people. I feel like, it is a sport where if you're into it, you're very knowledgeable of it right. and people are very protective of it. So a slip of the tongue there it, it was a little scarier for me because it felt like even if it was just like I misspoke. Right. Someone's going to Someone might call think you you're out. uninformed. And sometimes I did feel kind of like, you know, I also came from Hawaii where like right. hockey came on at 1 p.m. while I was at football practice for UH stuff or whatever. And so I would see scores a lot. I would read articles a lot, but I would not get to watch right. start to finish as much as I would have liked. Um, but then are you in the line of so fire too, by the way? Like, are you in the line of fire for like pucks? I mean, I'm sure you've got some, when you're down there, you got some protection, right? Yeah, there's glass in front of me. When I used to do pregame warm-up interviews, there was one time where, and it was Ian LaPerriere who has like stitches all across his face from taking a puck to the face actually, where Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek would, would pass back and forth and almost try to ride the puck up each other's sticks. And like an errant puck came and like, literally I felt like a breeze in my hair and I didn't see it. And I was just like, that was weird. And Ian LaPerriere is like, Oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you? And I was like, you know, oblivious to the world. And I'm like, yeah, why? And Claude Giroux's come up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And I'm like, what is going on? Someone tell me what's going on. And I just had a puck that just like breeze. How about baseball? Have you had a close call in baseball? Uh, yeah, kind of. I'm like behind a net and a thing there. Um, and there's like a pole and a net. And sometimes the thing that's kind of tricky with baseball is there's a TV right in front of me and it's much easier to see the pitches on the TV than sitting on the side of the pitch like that. Like I can't see the motion of the ball as well as you can see when you're watching it on a TV with the strike zone box right in front of you. So sometimes I'll be watching the TV and you'll see someone foul one off towards the first baseline and then I'll like, it'll come at me and it doesn't even register until it's already past me. And I'm looking down and my dad's like, what are you looking down at? And I'm like the TV in front of me where right. I can see the strike zone, yeah. you know, which some games doesn't even matter. So I don't know why I look at it, but, um, <laughs> has a fanatic ever bothered you down there? Cause you are, no. you are in the sight line of the fanatic. No the fanatic usually hassles the visiting sideline yeah. reporters. Cause the fanatic is knows that our home Sideline reporter has a job to do. Which some games is talking about dumplings, so it's okay if he bothers me. But no, he doesn't bother. And do you like it, Taryn? Do you like the I baseball flow? Uh, I, I know it. weather's in it. Like, do you ever? I mean, it, it's one thing to be at a hockey game and you know yeah. seventy 
two and room temperature all the time. But, uh, you know, you can get caught in the elements here yeah, in baseball. That's yeah. one change, Last right? Last Saturday was really, like, I texted my dad. I was like, I it was a great weekend of storytelling. And I was like, thank God we had good stories this weekend because that was the most miserable environment. Right. Not because of, I mean, the fans were great. I give credit to every single How about fan that? that yeah. sat there. Got there, what? Like, it, well, the gates opened at uh, 11.30, I guess, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then the game ended at, what? Yeah, it was nine, incredible. Eight, yeah, we had yeah. a full, we had a huge crowd. Still. It was, yeah, it was awesome. And I give every single one of them credit yeah. because, like, it was. Still. And down on the field, someone told me down. One of the photographers told me down on the field. Apparently, real field was one ten. Mm. Because I remember sitting there f- feeling like my skin is melting right. off of my right. body right now. And I've been in heat. Like, I don't mind the heat, but it was so yeah. humid and there's there wasn't any breeze. And then Blake Snell's up there pitching in long sleeves. I'm like, what yeah, are you crazy. doing? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> well, you were saying uh, you do love baseball. And what do you love about it? Do you like the pace? Do you like uh, having a little extra time to tell some stories? I love stories? the pace. I love that there's, um, like, there's a lot of, I don't know how to really how to articulate this. There's, there's so many ways you can approach storytelling in a baseball game because you can talk about the starting pitching, the bullpen pitching, the the middle relievers, the hitting, the defense, like, and then on top of that, there's a lot of human interest stories that you can interweave as well. And I used to, when I first started doing sideline with the flyers, I used to feel like I, I didn't want, I wanted people to take me really seriously. And so I didn't want to do, as much of like the fun stuff around Wells Fargo center. And I, I did it because that's our broadcast partners and, and we should be doing these things. And sometimes people don't know all the cool stuff you can go do at a game, but there's something uh, about well Wells Fargo now. And then here at the ballpark with the Phillies that I feel now that I'm probably, I don't, a, I don't care as much what people say when they say those things. And B, I feel much more confident in my abilities where it is also fun to go out in the park and do things here because it is, like there's so much tradition and like family fun to baseball. I don't know how to articulate. So there's so many little aspects of reporting on a baseball game that are really fun and the timing of it as well. The fact that there's a beginning, a middle and an end to the action, it's, it's a pitch, it's either a hit or a strike or a strikeout. And then a defensive reaction does make it a little easier for me as a reporter to gauge, all right, I should stop talking here. <laughs> Whereas hockey yeah. and basketball, right. you don't know anything can happen at any time. Has so, there ever been like a, uh, in all the different sports, an awkward moment, whether it's the, the person you're interviewing kind of was awkward or there was maybe some contentious situation or is there, was there, what, what is the most awkward moment you've had as an interviewer? Um, when I was an intern, I'm just going to say the name because I don't think he would even really care if I told this story. And I don't think he would ever listen. Um, so when I was an intern up in New York, I had to go to Nets practice and I, or I got to go to Nets practice. I should say, I was like very honored to get to go. And um, this is when Kevin Garnett was on the Nets and they were playing the Timberwolves, I want to say. So they were like, you have to go talk to KG about playing his former team and this, that, and the next thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. And then for some reason, the way this practice was structured, when it was done, PR was like, yeah, you can go talk to players. They, they weren't bringing people to podiums. You could kind of go approach them. And Kevin was just like sitting in this chair under a net and no one was going over to him. And I'm like 20 and my, and my camera guy wasn't a normal sports camera guy. So he had never come to Nets practice either. So I was like, I guess we just go over to him. And he's like, yeah, I mean, we got to get the story. So let's just get it done so we can go back because traffic's going to be horrible. And I'm like, okay. So I go over 
And then the the scrum, so like the other group of reporters, people don't know what a scrum is. It's kind of like trailing behind. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, come on. And then we all kind of circle around Kevin and he's sitting. And so all the cameras are shooting down on him and he has his head down. So all my camera guy's getting is the top and kind of the back of his head. And he's like, Taryn, you have to ask him to stand up. And I was like, uh, yeah, okay, you ask Kevin Garnett to stand up. Absolutely not. And um, and the none of the other photogs had their reporter there. So sometimes news, news stations will just send their camera guy with a mic and other people will hold it for them. So I was holding other people's mics. So I was really the only um, reporter. reporter in that scrum. And so I'm like, um, I'm so sorry, Mr. Garnett, do you think you could stand up? And he just looked me dead in the eyes and he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, Oops. I'm so, I was literally like, okay. Sorry, sir. And like, he's so intense. Right. Like, and, uh, and I was like, okay, sir. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, and he's, and I feel bad cause he is like dripping sweat from practice. It's the end of the season. Right. I'm just like this little like 20 year old. He's like, sir, will you please stand up? And so I'm like, okay. And then I, I kid you not, he had had a towel around his neck and before we walked over, he was putting it on his head and then putting it down on his neck and putting it. And as soon as I, I had asked that and he said, no, um, another photog went to ask a question, but I was holding their mic for them. And he just put his towel all the way over his head and looked down as he's answering this photog. And so the only footage that anybody got from that day, I think was just like a towel, a towel over KG's head. 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 And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so embarrassing. And Kevin, you know, he is a loyal listener of Philly Backstage. So he might be calling yeah. you. I can't believe she told that story. Oh, right. no. And, and then what's it like working with Kruk? You sit, I go in the broadcast room before oh, the games and Kruk will be on the couch and, you know, whatever, eating something that someone gave or, uh, well, that's gotta be a trip. Being this I one mean, working in an office with L.A. and Fransky and T Mac oh and it's hilarious. And, right? If I had to listen to the song "What's the Fanatic Say" on oh, YouTube LA one more loves time, that song. what's the Fanatic say? And I'm like, oh my god, L.A. loves it. We did that like uh, seven years ago. Oh and my he, gosh, it's in a constant loop on, on just, his computer. And Kruk, again, Kruk, whatever he's talking about, he could be talking about when the FBI was, you know, I following know. him back in the day. And uh, I mean, you never know what's going to come out oh of that my guy's god, mouth. No. And it's I, the best. I brought my my cousins came to Sunday's game against the Padres. So there was like a rain delay and they were here and they have two little girls and I love them. I'm so close to them. So I was like, they're like, where can we go? That's warm. And I was like, I'll bring you up to hall of fame. And, um, you know, and I needed to grab something out of the office. I was like, just come back with me because at this point, like everybody who knows somebody at the game is like filtering it out of our right. offices, just right. trying to kill time. And I was like, just come back. And, um, the the two little girls come into the office and John Cruck is there and they're kind of like because they're like three and eight and they're like who are you and it's John and he's just got like a instill in the wrapper ice cream right. like chocolate covered ice cream something or other and he's like I'm John you want this ice cream and so they're like <laughs> and meanwhile Eric my my cousin's husband is uh is sitting there and I entered I introduced him to Mike Schmidt was in the hallway and and John's in the room and I'm like guys this is my co-worker Mike he played for the Phillies right. and they're like hi Mike co-worker that's beautiful <laughs> my co I mean because that's that. how they know him I'm yeah, like this is this is he's on the broadcast 
broadcast with me, Mike. He used to play for the Phillies. Hi, Mike. And this is the other <laughs> guy in the broadcast. This is John, and that's Tom, and he works with me too. Hi, John. And then they're like, who Who are those people again? And I said, that's John Kruk and Mike Schmidt. They're, they're pretty famous. Yeah. And Natalie, the little one who's three, she goes, they're famous? I said, yeah. And she goes, should we tell them? And I was like, I think they know. <laughs> I, I think they're well, aware. John <laughs> even has someone made a pillow for him, right? John Kunk. John Kunk, the pillow says John Kunk. Is that right? Kunk. Someone, the someone, made a, someone made a needlepoint oh. pillow and gave it to John. Poor little, it's probably a poor little lady, right? <laughs> gave this pillow and the I don't know how long it took her, and it says John Crunk. 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 K-U-N-K. No R involved. Yeah, John Crunk. And, and the letter that came with it <laughs> says John Crunk as well. That's and you're so just funny. like, oh, this poor right, woman. And the last question before we go into the quiz, okay. uh, which I told you we're going to give you a quiz. Yes. And there's a t-shirt riding on this. Christmas uh, on a cracker. But we haven't even talked about, like, I guess, with our guys, too. I'm assuming we have a fun, I mean, it looks like we have a great fun clubhouse, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. enjoyed working with these guys. On oh, the- my gosh. Like, last year, I had to cover the wild card series, and I remember walking in and being like, this is the best baseball clubhouse. It just, awesome. the vibes, their, yeah. their willingness to talk with reporters, mm. the way they talk about each other, the way they talk to each other, the way the coaching staff talks about them. Like, it's, it's really... It's, you know, and I remember talking to Rob Thompson the other day about Johan Rojas and he was talking about, you know, with somebody uh, that young who both has so much like energy and ambition to do stuff, but is also very confident, but also has a lot to learn. Like it's the perfect situation for him because there's so many guys that if he assimilates into the culture of that clubhouse, it's so great for him. I mean, that truly is, it is a, across any sports team anywhere, it is a great clubhouse. I think Rob uh, sets the tone there. Mm -hmm. I do. And I also think, you know, Reese when Reese, you know, Reese. Bryce, yeah, Bryce no, no and, question. and Kyle Schwarber and just and even guys some of the more lesser known guys Garrett Stubbs oh my like gosh everyone loves Garrett Stubbs and then and then they make everyone feel welcome whether it's Brandon Marsh or you know Stott some of the younger guys in yeah. Boom and it just yeah. it just it's a very welcoming yeah. clubhouse it's and when your stars are they don't really act like stars right. like mm-hmm. they, they might there might be certain things like their bag might cause but when they like. Bryce could, there are athletes in other sports who are not even at the the level of fame, I would say, as Bryce within baseball or within sports in the United States, where they're much more like, no, not today. And Bryce is so like, if my teammates have to do this kind of media, I'm doing this kind of media. It trickles down. There's a certain amount of like, this is how we act here. And if Bryce is doing it, it's expected. Reese is very much the same way. If Reese is doing it, then somebody else who would maybe today not feel like doing it but should does the right thing it's it's a great and and rob thompson and kevin long and caleb cotham like across the board yeah yeah, they're just awesome this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, all right. Are, Are you, you ready this? for this quiz? Now, again, Goodness. I have eight questions. Do you have the answers to these questions? <laughs> of course. I wrote the questions. So okay. it's about your life. Uh, it is... Uh, You'll have multiple choice, A, B, C, D, right? Oh, gosh. And all you have to get is six out of six eight. Six out of eight. And you get this. Tom, could you tell the listening audience what she would A win? limited edition backstage with Burgoyne and Brazier t-shirt. Okay. Limited edition. Limited edition. 
All right. Are you ready, Taryn? Here we go. I hope so. Thanks for the visit. Let's get down to business. Now here's your chance to show how much you really know. He might get grumpy if he can't stop you with Brazier's Quiz. All right. You're going to ace this one, I can tell. You went to Delran High School. I did. Right? Which celebrity did not go to Delran High School? (laughs) So I've got four celebrities. Three of them went to Delran. One did not. Okay? Okay. Don't answer before I... Let me read the list. Ready? Tony Saka, former Penn State and Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Former women's soccer superstar Carly Lloyd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Glenn Foley, former Jets and Boston College quarterback. Or Peter Vermes... Vermise. Vermise, former U.S. <laughs> nice. former U.S. men's soccer player and current coach of the Kansas City Wizards of the MLS. So was it Tony Saka? Was it Carly Lloyd, Glenn Foley, or Peter? Glenn. It's Glenn. Glenn Foley. Full I tried correct. to trick you a little bit. He went and to that's tough Cherry Hill East. John and I used to be in a golf tournament uh, every year, Pro Day Golf Tournament. Yep. Remember that one, John? And it was always the athletes from that Delran and Burlington County yep. and just that whole area. It's just there are tons of Mount pro Holly. bowlers. Yep. And, yeah. Frank uh, Harris. A lot of soccer players. From soccer, Delran football. For, yeah. All right. You were uh, one for one. All right. One Tony, for one. I think Tony Saka was at the game the other day. Is that right? Someone told me that. Yeah. I, his mom taught at my middle school. Oh, Mrs. all right. Well, you I also graduated. We know this from your interview. You graduated from Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, who of these people did not go to Rutgers? Oh, this sounds okay. harder. So okay. three went to Rutgers. One did not. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Little Steven, Steven Van Zant from the E Street Band, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, and the Sopranos. You know, it's Little Steven. Yeah. Uh, actor James Gandolfini, mm-hmm. Sopranos, obviously. David Stern, former commissioner of the NBA. Yeah. And Bill Rasmussen, who is the founder of ESPN. So I have no idea the answer to this. So it's wow. Little Steven, some James Gandolfini, David Stern, or Bill Rasmussen, founder of the ESPN. I I know Gandolfini used to go to a lot of Rutgers games, but I don't know if he went to Rutgers, actually. So you're leaning towards James Gandolfini? I think so. You're thinking that Little Steven went to Rutgers? I don't <laughs> no, think no, so. No, no, no. no. Uh, no. I was going to say, I, mean, I think Little Steven dropped out of high school. I was going to, I don't know. That, that was my, I don't know. So what's your final answer? Little Steven. Uh, little Steven oh, we're correct. giving it we're to her. Absolutely. To her. I don't, that was a thing. We would always talk about the James Gandolfini actually go to Rutgers because yeah. he would come to games all the time and we just thought he's really huh. into this whole like According jersey According to my thing. research, he went to Rutgers. All right. You're, we'll give you two for two. Okay. All right. We mentioned Thanks. Hawaii. You were a former reporter for Hawaii News Now, right? Mm-hmm. KGMB, KHNL. How many inhabited, because there's 137 total islands, how many inhabited islands are there on Hawaii? Are there 10, 7, 5, or 4? 10, 7, 5, or 4? Well, they call Las Vegas the ninth island, so... Los, An- Las Vegas would not be... So, oh, so you're saying... I thought it was 8. Well... 7, I guess. It's 7. Now, I have in my research Oahu, Maui, Hawaii, which is a big island, Kauai... Molokai, where Molokai, Molokai was the, the pine- horse. that was the pineapple, right? That's where they have deer. Dole. Yep. And Lanai. Lanai. Yep. Maybe that was the pineapple one. And then the last one is uh, N-I-I-H-A-U. Nahu? Uh, um, and it's the, called the Forbidden Island. has 170 people. Yeah. Um, wait, let me see. Oh, no. Well, no sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I think, well, I'll say seven, but I think there's Kaho'olawe, too, as an island. that I Maybe people don't live there anymore. I mean, people don't live there anymore. I have seven, according okay. to my... There it is. It's so. Nihihau is what you're trying to say. Three. Nihi, you're Nihihau. on a roll, Taryn. Nihihau. That makes sense. Nihihau. All right. Wow. Can I, All right. I want to Google this while you're asking the next question. Go ahead. All right. Uh, you work for the Big Ten Network. 
Mm-hmm. Which of these former quarterbacks did not play in the Big Ten? So three played in the Big Ten, one did not. Okay. okay. Good question. Drew Brees, Kerry Collins, Tom Brady, Randall Cunningham. Drew Brees, Kerry Collins, Tom Brady, Randall Cunningham. You can use one lifeline. I forgot to tell you, Tom Burgoyne is your lifeline. If you um, really want to use a lifeline. Tom, I'll use it. Randall. I was going to say. Randall Cunningham went to UNLV. Yeah, he's a Vegas boy. All right, you are four for four now. We've got- Oh, seven of eight are inhabited on Hawaii, so you're right, but there is an, there's an eighth island that is not inhabited. Okay. Sorry. There there you go. Go. Sorry, I was Googling yeah. and hey, I got so distracted Scott, during the Scott next question. Scott Brandreth, our resident critic, cannot Apologies for one. not paying no, right, enough now attention to the- three straight, <laughs> three straight uh, sports questions. Okay. Uh, pretty basic. Who led the Flyers in scoring last year? Was it Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, Owen Tippett, or Scott Lawton? Wasn't it Hayes? Are you going with Hayes? Or was it Travis? I'm not going to tell you one way or the other. You I, gotta... I really should have paid attention during the last question and not been Googling. <laughs> right. So I would have, I didn't even listen would to you your last go, question because I was and Googling. And you've already we used got, up right. your lifeline. I know. That's so why I'm saying I should have been not got, Googling and listened to Ke- who the, who the Ke- multiple choice was. Kevin last Hayes, question. Travis Konechny, Owen Tippett, Scott Lawton. Oh my God. I don't Most goals know. or leading? No, leading score. Leading score? score? Goals, okay. Points. Is it TK? Points. All right. Travis Konechny is correct. You are five for five. All right. I, feel, I feel really bad that I did not listen to the last question at all because I was Sorry, so I had stuck, covered, stuck on Hawaii. Now I wish I had my life back. Covered. Sorry. We are we are moving on to the Sixers. Where did James Harden go to college? He went to Arizona State. He didn't even need the multiple Bang. choice. All right. He went to Arizona State, and so did one of my coworkers played for the football team there. And he has the funniest James Harden story that I will absolutely not share. All right. <laughs> well, we'll get it off the air. All right. You now qual- you've already six. qualified the t-shirt. I'm going to give you the you. t-shirt There's now. The t-shirt, but, let's but now you're going to go for perfection. You're going to go for the Brad Lynch Only a few perfection. of our guests have gotten eight for eight. Right. All right. Number seven, who leads the Phillies in hit by pitches with six? Hit by pitches with six. Uh, I'll even let you use a lifeline here because I'm okay. curious to see if, if Tom would even be able to help you out here. Is it Josh Harrison, throwing a little curveball there, mm. Kyle Schwarber, JT Real Muto, Bryson Stott? So I want us both to answer it. I think it's JT. That was going to be my guess. Yeah. JT is correct. Nice. Six, yes. There it is. All right. Then the last question is, what country consumes the most coffee per capita in the world? What country consumes the most coffee Per capita in the world. Uh, Does this have something to do with uh, Taryn's life? Or? Kind of. Okay, I'll, right. I'll explain afterwards. All right. Latvia. I went on I went on a Euro trip, and my guess is it's one of the countries I Euro tripped through. <laughs> Latvia, which you didn't go. I don't think you went. No, I did not go Norway, to Norway, Denmark, or Finland. Is it Latvia, Norway, Denmark, or Finland? There's people that say Luxembourg is actually number one, but I'm not buying it. I'm saying one of these countries is. Latvia, Norway, Denmark, or Finland. I wouldn't use a lifeline because uh, Tom is, is geographically <laughs> inept. I want, Tom, I want Tom to guess as well. My guess would be Norway. I'm a tea drinker. I don't drink coffee. Take a guess. Take a guess. Uh, apparently it's Luxembourg, so we're all wrong. Which yeah, I didn't, that's I didn't true. Euro He's, trip through Luxembourg. Yeah, ignoring. Yeah. I, I don't believe the Luxembourg. Google. So, I, I did went, so I did go seven for seven for the actually correct This country, answers. the actually average, Denmark. the average citizen consumes 12 kilograms of coffee every year. Which is 423 ounces, which doesn't seem a lot for one person, but if I would have thought average, it was like like a Colombia or like right. a certain country that was really big, or like I thought this Who was going to be a Hawaii it. question no. because yeah, Hawaii yeah. has great coffee as Me well. Too. Yeah, but you think about it, if you're cold, you got to like drink a lot of coffee, right? I would guess I would guess Norway. All right, where are you going? You going Norway? It's for perfection, take, right? Here. Yeah, Go. you take a guess. I, no, I'm not. This is your quiz. No, but I know, but I would just okay. I'm going Norway. 
Well, why did you, why did I ask this question? The answer is Finland. Oh, okay. Because because she was just in Finland. I, nor, I Euro trip wow. through like yeah, Finland, Sweden, Norway. <sighs> did the northern countries? Uh, yeah. She had it right in her right in her grasp. Ah. All right. Well, you still won the shirt, so congratulations. Yeah. And if you want to give that to your mother, next we can year I'm going to get tested for like I want to go to to like Italy and Austria and like I like all the weird countries. Yeah. And hey. next year he's going to come to me like an Austria pop quiz. You're gonna I'm gonna have, like, we're all no going idea. to London. You're going right? to have Sound of Music quiz. I'm down for <laughs> you're going to head to London, right, Tyron? A dear, a female. I would love to. I would love to. I was just at the Chelsea game. I heard Chase Utley's kids are big Chelsea fans, and oh, I was. Oh, is that right? They had. I mean, they had Mike and in the booth as well. So there were already four people, so I couldn't butt. In, but I was like buzzing the mic with Jeff Halkman and I'm like I'm a Chelsea fan if he like wants to talk about Chelsea you know and he's just like didn't get into no. the soccer and talk also yeah, yeah. you might be going I'm assuming you're going to Williamsport I don't think so oh no is I that not a, is that not a local oh that's a national telecast national game yeah that's a say, national telecast that's right. I'll be up there I don't think so I'll there be up go. there and it's considered a nationals home game too so we're not gonna have many Phillies right people yeah. up there but yeah. Are we are we home in the London series? By the way, I haven't. I don't. I think uh, one's a home game, one's an away game. Oh. We split it. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Taryn, you got to get to get to work. We got the Orioles tonight. I know. Really appreciate. I have to go do my makeup. I can. Can I just sit in here and talk instead of <laughs> yes. doing makeup for this show? <laughs> yes. You don't need makeup. Makeup makeup. Now Cruck needs makeup. Oh. Why don't you wait? Why don't you be the fanatic tonight, Tom? You do the sideline. Friend of the fanatic. Reporting. What's and that? then what do I do? Like, uh, no. just. Bop around to sweets and How about I do the sideline reporting. Yeah. And you be the director of funny yeah. games. I'll give you I'll give I'm you my backpack and you can you can put on your makeup. Makeup. Yeah. <laughs> you can just don't use any of my lipstick or my mascara because that would be weird. But blush, weird. bronzer, foundation, it's go. all you. Perfect. You want to gel your eyebrows into place? Sure. (laughs) You need gelled eyebrows, John. All right. We got to roll. Taryn, again, thanks for spending time with us. Let's go Phil's big night tonight against the Orioles. John, I guess we're signing off. And thanks for listening once again to Philly's Backstage.